Hello, it's Seb. And welcome back to LGBT OCD+. And I was going to have this episode be OCD related because my first two were trans related, more or less, and my last one was OCD related. But I just got my top surgery scheduled, so literally trans stuff is the only thing on my mind right now. So that's awesome. And also, I'm going to try to pre-record some stuff so that I can stay semi-consistent because who knows what post-op is going to be like. So this episode, I was asked by a friend to do this, is basically how I knew I was trans and kind of how to navigate a space if you're not like super confident in your gender or you're just like not really vibing. <laughs> in case you're not vibing, here's the solution. Now, um, so, so first things first, discovering your trans isn't a linear journey. It wasn't like one day I wasn't, I learned about it the next day, the next day I knew I was. Like, I never woke up one day and was like, oh man, I'm trans. Like, I had never heard the word until eighth grade when um, another kid in my school came out. And even then, like, I didn't, I didn't, that didn't click with me. I wasn't like, oh, he is, so I must be too. It was just kind of like a, okay. Um, I came out as bi in eighth grade. So I learned, learned the terminology around gender from kind of exploring stuff after I came out. So that's kind of how that happened. But even then, I was like, I don't know if I'm non-binary or gender fluid or gender queer or like, I had no idea. Um, took me months to settle on trans male, FTM. And so FTM is female to male trans, MTF is male to female trans. It's just shortened for kind of which direction you transitioned if you went from one binary to another. Um, so I pretty early on was, you know, wanted to go to a gender therapist. Um, but because they're specialists, the appointment was booked out like eight months or something. So by the time I finally got around to the appointment, I was like, no, nah, I'm fine. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't want to transition. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do anything. Um, so then I didn't go back. <laughs> and then the second time around, uh, once I kind of was like, okay, this is what I need. Like, this is the main thing that's causing me anxiety is my dysphoria is the main thing that's like making it hard to function is not feeling comfortable and just like this whole thing. So I was like, yeah, okay, I should go to a gender therapist. And there's no need to define yourself. Like you don't need to find a term that you really vibe with. It's, it's a weird split between like, don't force yourself to choose a term, but also a lot of people find comfort in terms. Like I know I have, um, I wasn't super comfy identifying as non-binary or really anything else, but I tried it and it just didn't work for me. So looking back, like I can remember stuff from when I was like eight where I wanted a male swimsuit, but I, I, I remember trying so hard. I was like, how do I ask my parents in a way that doesn't sound weird that I want a swimsuit like my brother? And so like, I remember that kind of thing. It didn't become clear really until puberty the first time around, <laughs> puberty number one, um, of just being like so uncomfortable. Like I, oh man, dysphoria, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I remember straight up when I was like 12, thinking I had an eating disorder because I just hated my body so much. And that was the only thing that I had learned about that could possibly make sense. So I'll use the word dysphoria. And dysphoria just in general as a word is kind of like a extreme discomfort type of thing. But gender dysphoria is the distress a person feels due to the mismatch between their gender identity and their sex assigned at birth. People with gender dysphoria are typically transgender. I just 
Read that off Wikipedia. Gender dysphoria is like a literal diagnosis. It's the diagnosis that you would need if you're planning on taking hormones or getting surgery or like physically transitioning. And that is a diagnosis that a gender therapist can give you. And on that note, like you don't need to be trans to go to a gender therapist. Like they specialize in helping you figure it out. And so if you're literally just confused or like just don't feel super comfortable, don't know what's going on, like go to a gender therapist. Like there's there's this weird idea that like you don't go to a gender therapist unless you know you're trans and know you want to transition. But really, like any therapist, they're there for an abundance of reasons. And this just happens to specialize in gender expression and identity and all that good stuff. So honestly, if you're questioning it, see if you can go to one. Um, asking your parents to go to one is a whole nother story if you are young. I mean, that's it's just it's hard to ask to go to a therapist, period. It just is. The main thing that I refer back to when I was younger, not like super young, but like 13, 14, where I like knew I was trans and knew I needed a transition was I was getting a coat. I'd always had my brother's hand-me-downs. I was buying my first winter coat. And there was a choice between like this pink one and I went to the boys section and I was like, I want this blue one. It's like blue spider coat with like black and electric green accents. And I'm like, I want this one. And mom's like, are you sure? Because you're going to be wearing this like into high school. And I remember vividly imagining myself in high school and I saw this like stereotypical high school girl with like long blonde hair and a high ponytail and like a skirt and like all that kind of stuff and I just remember being like yeah but that's not me like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look like that I'm not gonna be a girl and I didn't know what that meant at that time but something that I've thought about when you're considering like do I want to transition or just like anything like that think about imagine yourself in five years or 10 years imagine yourself as an adult with a family or not you know getting married or not Imagine yourself and what do you look like? Because for me, as a 14-year-old, when I would imagine myself graduating from college or getting married or anything like that, I was always male. And that's how I knew I needed to transition because I was like, I'm not just going to magically look like that. Like, I was straight up in denial that I went through female puberty because I was like, what do you mean I'm not going to look like that unless I, like, actually take steps to look like that? And then I've taken those steps. So, like, that's cool. But imagine yourself in the future and just be like, what do I look like there? Have I taken hormones? Have I had surgery? Do I use the different pronouns? Like, what do I imagine my end goal is or not even end goal but just like my next goal and this also connects to you know people being like i don't know if i'm bi i don't know what sexuality <laughs> you know that whole mess um and it's the same thing like who can you imagine yourself with because i know people are confused with like i can't tell if i just think girls are really attractive or if i'm actually attracted to girls to which i respond like can you see yourself in a relationship with a girl and if the answer is no then you probably just think they're pretty girls are pretty if the answer is yes then you might actually be romantically attracted to people and there is that kind of division between aesthetic attraction which is more like i like the way you look versus romantic attraction which is i would want to be in a relationship with you so just consider that if you're questioning who you're attracted to, for me, it comes down to who can I see myself in a relationship with gender wise. Again, there's no rush to figure it out. There's no need to label yourself. Do it at your own pace. Everyone's journey is different. And my last kind of thing, because this is going to be a shorter episode, is just try stuff out. And I 
I'll acknowledge that I did benefit in a couple ways from being trans, like in my experience, because I'm happy that I was given this space without toxic masculinity, because I was raised in a space where like, it made sense for me to have long hair and paint my nails and wear makeup. I was allowed to try those things out without judgment. And so now I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I like having long hair, I like painting my nails, and I don't like wearing makeup. And so I was given a safe space to try those things out. And it doesn't mean anything. You know, trying out makeup if you're a cis guy doesn't mean you're gay. It just means you're like seeing if you like it. And really, if you try something out, consider if you like it, or if someone else is telling you you should or shouldn't. And so if you're trying out makeup, be like, does this make me happy? Does this make me feel authentic? Not should I be doing this? What are people going to think? Like, no, don't worry about that. Like, does it make you happy? And that applies to so many things. If you think that maybe changing your pronouns will make you happy, go for it. Tell a friend or two, have them use different pronouns, see how it makes you feel. Same thing with a name change. Same thing with maybe binding your chest or starting to wear makeup or cutting your hair. You're never going to know if it makes you happy until you do it. Obviously that doesn't apply to big steps like taking hormones or getting surgery. Like those are obviously not things you can just like try out and then be like, nah, it's not for me. Give me back my body. But for smaller things, if you're just kind of in a weird place and you're like, I don't love traditional masculinity. I don't love femininity. Like explore a bit, figure it out for yourself because not everyone else's experience is going to be the same as yours. And something that I come back to as I transition and as I start to pass as male, I've actually started to bring back a couple more feminine aspects of wearing earrings and painting my nails and these different things because I still pass as male, which is great. But something that I have to remind myself is that I define masculinity for myself and that masculinity is not the absence of femininity. They're not two separate worlds, you know, it's a Venn diagram of masculinity and femininity and you fall wherever you fall on that like there it's a spectrum as well because painting your nails doesn't make you any less of a man wearing makeup doesn't make you any less of a man wearing a dress and same way vice versa and i know that traditionally masculine things for cis females are generally more accepted by society but that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to explore literally whatever you want to explore take some time and now's the time listen we're all at home so go buy some nail polish <laughs> Though I know that with different families, it might be a whole other story because a lot of people are like, oh, you're painting your nails, you're gay. Like, nah, you're just exploring it. Like, that's the weird, it's a weird jump to make. And I, I worry about that sometimes too. I'm like, is someone gonna see I'm wearing earrings and think I'm trans? Like, but then you think about it and you're like, logically, why would someone make that jump? That doesn't make sense. And so yeah, that was just a short little couple things about how I knew I was trans and kind of give yourself permission to explore. One book that I do recommend um, that I read maybe like three or four years ago is called Becoming Nicole by Nicole Maines. And she writes about her experience and she has a identical twin brother, but she writes about her experience transitioning and her mom actually writes a lot of it as well um, about kind of what she saw in Nicole from a very young age that pointed to the fact that she was trans and all that good stuff. And it's just a very good book. I read it and then I made my mom read it. So yeah, I'll see you next time. Remember, it is what it is, but what it is is not what it will always be. I'll see you next time on LGBT OCD+.